Welcome to this week's Q&A. I am Carla. And I am Simon. We are from the YouTube sailing channel Sailing Ocean Fox. Over the past three years, we have sailed 25,000 miles through the Mediterranean, across the Atlantic and the Caribbean. So for this week's question, what advice would you give to someone who is crossing the Atlantic for the first time? Uh, first of all, I'm assuming that you're going to go uh, from Europe to the Caribbean because that is the trade wind route. Now, if you haven't crossed a big ocean before, that's probably the best way to go because yes, coming yeah. back the other way is a whole different. It's picture. a whole different picture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's assume you're going from Europe uh, and you're going to cross to the Caribbean. Um, first of all, you need to be aware that uh, there's certain times of the year you go when the weather is going to be better than other times. So really, the trade winds start blowing around about uh, the end, mid-November, really, uh, towards the end of November. But they actually settle and get much more predictable from January. So it going is... early uh, may not be the best time to actually make the journey. And you can carry on doing it up until the hurricane season starts in June. Uh, by then, uh, you know, you're, you're in with a chance of uh, picking up a hurricane halfway across uh, or at least uh, picking up a tropical storm that's forming into a hurricane. Which is um, another big difference between <clears throat> the, the crossing the other way around yes. because the, the, the weather window the other way around is much shorter. It's, it's much shorter, really. It's kind <clears throat> of May to um, August. Um, you kind of, kind of want to get back into Europe by August before any big Atlantic lows start coming in in September. Um, preparing to go, there's two main places to be to prepare to go. One is Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Because everything's available. And the other is uh, probably Las, Las, Palmas. Las Palmas. Yes. Oh, certainly in the Canary Islands. Mm. Um, I think that uh, Las Palmas is best, probably your best bet. Yeah, you have uh, plenty of chandeliers there. Plenty of chandeliers, plenty of supermarkets. You, yes. To, oh, you to, know, cheap marinas. Yes. Um, there's nothing really cheap about Gibraltar. No. Uh, even uh, though it's a tax-free place, uh, so you could have your something delivered to you and you wouldn't pay any importation tax for your boat. Uh, things tend to be a little bit more expensive than in Europe, mm -hmm. for example. So uh, if you've got all the choice in the world, I'd probably recommend that you go in January. In January, yes. Yeah. And if you haven't done this before, you need to get your boat... Um, I think think part of it is is mentally preparing yourself for the yeah. challenge of this, yeah. and consequently you want to get your boat absolutely up together yeah. as much as you can, so you have as much confidence in your boat as possible. So to prepare to prepare your mind to go, I think you should start doing longer journeys. Yeah, I mean the, the Atlantic crossing for coming from Europe um, breaks down into four chunks, or at least it can break down into four chunks. The first chunk will be down to the um, Lanzarote, which is around about four days. Uh, and then there's no reason why you can't spend a couple of months uh, sailing the uh, Canary, the Canary Islands, Islands, yes. Because they're lovely, there's great places to go. Um, and uh, the weather's good there right through, uh, you know, into uh, January. So that's no problem at all. Uh, the next chunk is down to Mindelo in uh, Cape Verde. Now, some people don't make this crossing and they just go straight from there to uh, the uh, Caribbean. But um, it's a great place to stop and, uh, 
yeah, just rest, isn't it? Yeah, it For is. A couple of it is, yeah. and uh, you're talking about a crossing of around about five or six days, um, and uh, by then you're in the, really in the trade wind, so you should have the trade winds behind you. Uh, you're also getting down into the tropics, so it's going to be a beautiful warm sail, and it's going to be a really nice uh, journey. Uh, the next chunk is uh, across to Barbados. Mm. Um, now equally you could go on to another one of the islands but Barbados is the first island um, and that's a two week leg and then the final little bit ready to get to the chain of islands is an overnighter to uh, St Lucia St Lucia yeah, yeah and then you go from there so planning that journey I mean you've got to get on board all your provisions for a yeah, start yes everything you need for let's say four weeks yeah uh, because in total it will be four weeks isn't it yeah. three to four weeks yeah I mean you're going to pick up a lot of fresh vegetables and uh, fruit in um, in, in Cape Verde Cape Verde yes. and also propane if you need propane that's yes. dead cheap there yeah. easy to get done it's just a little walk from the marina yes um, but really you're going to need everything that you're going to need for four weeks yes and yeah. if you can if you can stock up your boat with more is even better because in the Caribbean as you must know things are much much more, more expensive, expensive. Yeah. so if you can just fill up your boat with everything you need for the crossing and for the next couple of months yeah. it's uh, the best thing yeah. to do uh, for actual sailing the, uh, the, the journey um, as long as you get a nice weather window down to uh, the Canary Islands uh, you're kind of really home and dry because from there the wind uh, will be behind you uh, this is assuming that you're going from January onwards with the trade winds blowing or that the trade winds are settled uh, even if going before uh, and you're going to be on a broad reach really all the way um, you kind of head south even if you're going across the Atlantic directly to the Caribbean uh, the traditional route is to go south um, until the butter melts which is around about 15 degrees north and then turn to the right to starboard and head for the Caribbean and at that point um, the trade winds will be turning with you so basically uh, they're going to follow you round. If you take a more direct route uh, you're probably going to get a little bit muddled up in um, the Azores High uh, which is sitting in the middle Atlantic there depending on the time of year and how far north or south the Azores High is. So it may not actually be a quicker route. Mm -hmm. It probably is a quicker route and it's a traditional sailing route uh, over the centuries uh, to go south almost to Cape Verde uh, so actually to go to Cape Verde and have a break there isn't just, that far no it's yeah. not and just yeah. breaks the journey yeah. and you can uh, yeah. see the islands and you're only probably adding an extra day's worth of sailing to the whole journey yeah um, yeah so I think it's well worth it I think it's well worth it as well certainly when we do our next crossing we'll do that uh, Mindelo isn't the most exciting place no it's not uh, it's a bit scruffy yeah uh, we you... didn't feel very safe no, there was no. a couple of things that happened yeah. to us but uh, we might choose another island uh, yeah. next time. Yeah, we could do. Oh, well, in fact, you, there's a couple of places, Bonavista, that you can go to, and Son and um, uh, Mindelo. So I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely go to Mindelo. Yeah. Uh, and then you're ready to just uh, go off and uh, carrying heading south a bit. The wind uh, blows something rotten over those islands and through the uh, gaps in between. So when you leave there, um, you get a bit, a bit of a blast yeah. for about the first 50 miles and then it will settle uh, people actually wonder what you do when you're on a, a, a two-week crossing or if you're going direct three weeks it's uh, 
interesting way of life, isn't it? It's a very slow motion life. Yes. You kind of lose, you know, anything you have to do. You just you're gonna rest for the first few days if you have yeah. enough crew on board yeah. because uh, you've been so busy doing yeah. the the everything you need to do to the boat. I mean, we had four on board and we split it into uh, two hour shifts basically per person, and uh, you know we kept that up during the day as well. Uh, but that didn't really mean you had to sit at the uh, helm station or anything. You could uh, move around the boat, but you're just keeping an eye out. We didn't see any vessels at all on our Atlantic crossing, yeah. apart from one small uh, sailing yacht. Um, we just uh, kept an eye on where we were going. Uh, we logged our position every 24 hours, mm -hmm. so we had it written down where we were, just in case our navigation equipment went down. Um, you kind of fish. Yeah, you fi fi fish is the it? highlight, is the big distraction because yeah. you, you might spend an hour, hour and a half yeah. just to bring the fish, fish on board. Yeah. Uh, we caught 11 mahi-mahis, huge mahi-mahis, yeah. um, and we lost another, I don't know, another 20 or 20 something. 20 or something, yeah. yeah. Um, th these, uh, I mean, we sailed it in a can, so I think it's uh, probably a little bit less rolly, uh, certainly would be less rolly than on the monohull. But these big uh, Atlantic swells that come through, you, you just see them building up behind you. And um, tend, they don't tend to be breaking. There may be a little break on the top, but uh, they you just drift up them. And, you surf, uh, like, just like surf a surfboard. The, side, the yeah. boat just surfs down the waves. It's beautiful yeah. to see. You can stare at that for yeah. about two hours and yeah. you don't get tired, no, isn't it? No. It's beautiful. It's beautifully warm. Uh, yes. Even though you've got the wind behind you, it's beautifully warm. You know, nothing more than a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, even at night. And um, it's a fantastic experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's. I think it's an ideal first crossing if you're going yeah. uh, to cross an ocean, yeah. because it, you could split it into these four stages, and each one is uh, uh, longer than the previous one. Apart yeah. From the last yeah. So one. you build up your experience, experience your yeah. expectations. Yeah. 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 Yes. And um, the only thing I would say is an issue is making sure you have enough water. If you have a water maker, you've got enough power. I mean, we had a generator to run our water maker, but we didn't actually take enough um, gas, uh, petrol with us to uh, uh, see us across the whole crossing. I just didn't really think about that and calculate that one in. Um, apart from that, uh, you do, shafe is the other big thing that you have an issue with. Yeah. Um, your sails are in the same position for weeks, and uh, your if your halyard's going to rub, or the bottom of your sail's going to rub on something, or a sheet's going to rub, uh, it's going to rub through in that period of time. So you need to be um, constantly on top of that, yeah. inspecting it every day. And uh, try to move positions, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea to do, is to move uh, the halyard just uh, an inch or two every day, or the sheets are six inches, so that uh, it isn't actually rubbing in the same place. Yeah. But apart from that, it's just one great downhill sail. Sail, yeah. Absolutely it fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's just uh, a way you read a lot on these uh, long journeys. Yeah. yeah it's another yeah. thing you do. Yeah. Uh, we cook every meal. We cook lunch and dinner. So yeah, yeah we spend an hour cooking and yeah. eating and yeah. washing the dishes. Yeah. Uh, when you get the fish, you have to um, clean the fish and. Um, filleting everything and freeze so you don't lose the fish uh yeah it's uh it's just what only what to do isn't it yeah it's and, and actually else, it's really. enjoying the um the the peace and the, the quiet yeah. and uh yeah. you know the view i mean these are views that you're going to have 
for two or three weeks, and uh, then all of a sudden you'll be back on land. Land has a funny smell, doesn't it? It when does. You when you, when yeah. you get closer to land, it has a smell, a smell of earth. Earthy isn't smell, it, isn't yeah. It? yeah. That's quite incredible. That's true, that's yeah. true. I think the next time we're going to enjoy better. Yes. It was too much of a worry this time. Yeah, I think so. It was our first crossing, and I yeah. think we were quite concerned about it all. But we've we've uh, sailed back across the Atlantic, and we learned a lot on that journey. Yeah. And I think next time round, well, we'll just. Um, but enjoy I think it. before any crossing, any long crossing, even if it's just two, three, four days. You always have that funny feeling before you go, don't you? Yeah, it's a little bit like going back to school a bit after the summer holidays, isn't it? It's sort of a little bit apprehensive, really. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but once you're there, you just realize that it's nothing else you can do. No, no. You're just there. It's just you, yeah. the sea, yeah. and your boat. Yeah, that's it. So have a big boat. Yeah, the bigger the better. If you have a question for us to talk about, please email us at sailingoceanfox at gmail.com. Make sure you follow our channel. We are on YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Sailing Ocean Fox. And at your preferred podcast platform, Destination Sailing Channel.